Arizona Sports, Sports. the local sports leader, leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Let's get everybody caught up on what's going on in sports. We call it the 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show, and we're going to start with the Phoenix Suns, who lost to the Clippers in game 82 out of 82 yesterday to close out the regular season, and it won't be long until they see them again. After a wild final day in the NBA, the Clippers landed in the fifth seed and will face the fourth-seeded Phoenix Suns in round one. Game one is on Sunday. Time yet to be determined. No, people think it could be the primetime game, 1230 in the afternoon, correct? So, yeah, there's, there's could been be a lot of speculation. It could Tickets be went on sale today for mm-hmm. that game. Mm-hmm. No idea when game two is. No idea about the rest of the schedule. We just know game one is sometime on Sunday. There is some speculation it could be in that ESPN ABC 1230 window, but again, that's just speculation. According to Sham Sharania, LA Clippers star Paul George will begin the first round of the playoff series against the Suns, sidelined with a knee injury, but is making quote, tangible progress, close quote, and doesn't rule out a possible return from PG-13 at the end of the first round. Yeah, I think ideally for them would be to get him back for when they return to Los Angeles after the first two games. That would buy him some more time. It was a three, two to three week injury. We're at three weeks tomorrow, three weeks tomorrow. And then you need about a week to ramp up. So um, that would put you right on pace for, you know, when after the Sun series, the first two games were over and you go back to L.A. Keep up to date with all you need to know before the Suns run through the playoffs on the Arizona Sports app. One click note, a quick note, I should say. Suns and the Mercury officially hire Pistons executive Josh Bartlestein as CEO. That that move, we had reported on that a couple of weeks ago, was made official today. Yeah, Was the WNBA draft going on now? That is going on tonight. Tonight, okay. But WNBA the draft. Suns or the Mercury, I don't think of a first round. No, they don't they have traded a second it, they? rounder. Oh, they don't have any picks. I think they have two third round picks, I think is what I heard Sarah say during the Sports Center update this morning. I think. Okay. I'll have to go double check on that. It was a wild day in the NBA to end the regular season. It was. Rudy Gobert. Tempers flared. Punched Kyle Anderson and got sent home from the game and suspended for the Timberwolves' first play-in game against the Lakers. That's the 7-8 matchup. Then on his way off the floor... Jade McDaniels broke his hand punching a wall. He's going to be so out for stupid. probably the post. It's so so stupid. So immature. I mean, I don't know what's worse. You know, McDaniels, probably McDaniels punching the wall because he's out for the playoffs. He's yes. a good defensive player. Yeah, he least, matches up against their best, the other team's best defense, uh, offensive player. At least Gobert is going to be back for the second playing game if necessary. Should they have, should they have even suspended him? There's some thought that they shouldn't have so that they could try to win, but apparently they feel like they have to because it was so publicized, it was so bad, it was such a bad look. Shoving each other like that in the middle of a... a barely a punch. <laughs> it wasn't even a punch. It wasn't It wasn't God. even a punch. I don't even think it counts. Udonis Haslam scored 24 in what is presumed to be his final game of his career. I saw where Monty Williams said some nice things about Udonis Haslam. Good player. Had a good game. career. Played yeah. for a long time. Uh, Cam Thomas scored 46 points for the Nets yesterday. Mikel Bridges checked in to start the game mm-hmm. and then immediately checked out to keep his Iron Man streak, the streak going. Because the first player since I believe 2014 to play in 83 NBA games this yes, season. Yes, and they get the 76ers and, and I'm going to be watching. I'm yes. pulling for those guys. No, I'm happy. I think it was Kellen Olsen who made the point on Twitter. Very happy the NBA put the Nets on Saturday because I, I really that's I want to watch, watch that, that game. I want to watch Mikel and sure. Cam and see how they do in that. Grizzlies rookie Kenny Lofton 
Jr. scored 42 and grabbed right. 14 boards. Who the hell is he? The first rookie to have a 40-10 game since Blake Griffin all those years ago. Yeah. And the most points like, by who's a the rookie new guy? in history, right? Who is that who guy? Who is that guy? Yeah. Went for 42. Like, I think they, didn't they convert his contract to a full contract or something like that? I think there was. But anyway, he only played in a handful of games this year, like 20-something games off the bench. And then he goes and he erupts for, you know, all those points. You start to wonder, boy, I wonder if he could be any good now. I do think Steven Adams is not is out for the playoffs, right? If they, is that, so they made that official? Yes, yes okay. they have. Yeah. Dwayne Casey is out as the coach of the Pistons. He'll move to the front office. Got him to the playoffs once. They got swept in four games, so not a lot of success there. Steven Silas is out as the Rockets coach. Yeah, the Rockets are going to have, you know, they have the, the, the best odds with two other teams to land in a number one overall pick. And uh, I think there was almost like a mutual parting of ways. They didn't pick up his fourth-year option is what it was. They didn't pick up the option year, but he he might be soft and sought after. A lot of people like him as a coach. Yeah, so the playoffs are set. The play-in games are set. Lakers-Wolves, that's the 7-8 matchup in the West. They'll play tomorrow. OKC in New Orleans is Wednesday at 7.30. The winner of that game will play the loser of the first game. The winner of the first game will become the seventh seed and will play the Memphis Grizzlies uh, in the first round of the NBA playoffs. In the meantime, how about those Arizona Diamondbacks? He's hit into left field. Come to the plate of Smith. Peralta boots the ball. RBI single off the bat of Jake McCarthy, and it's 9-3 Diamondbacks. 3-4 from the Dodgers over the weekend. They're now tied with the Padres atop the National League West at 6-4. Only two teams in baseball have more wins right now than the Diamondbacks. That'd be the Milwaukee Brewers and the Tampa Bay Rays. Rays are going 162-0. So first team that's ever going to do that. They haven't lost the game yet, which is incredible. But what a great series for the Diamondbacks. The pressure they have with their their base. They had 40 in in the three wins against the Dodgers. They had 43 hits, but only four of them were home runs. They play, you know, they get on base. They move runners over. They they got a lot of speed. They're f- so fun to watch. Yeah, they are a lot of fun to watch. And so far, the Brewers are off to a good start, too. It's going to be Wade Miley versus Zach Gallen tonight. This announcement just coming down from the organization. This is from Nick Pecoro's Twitter account. He covers the D-backs for azcentral.com. Dre Jameson will start Wednesday against Milwaukee. Madison Bumgarner will be pushed back to Friday in Miami. So give him an extra a little day, extra day yeah. with the off day built in on Thursday. I yeah. was hoping they were going to push him back to Friday, August 14th. <laughs> when you go Friday, October 14th. Okay, I could have done that like too. the end of the yeah. season. When the I thought you were going to say push him back off the edge of the... <laughs> off the edge of the roster, right? Off the yeah. edge of the piece of the paper, right? Just yeah. push him back to some Friday in October. That's great. You can push that. Lineup for tonight's game is out as well. Corbin Carroll get a day off. He's not in tonight's lineup. First pitch is at 640. You'll hear it here on the Arizona Sports app. Yeah, listen, you can't play guys 162 games, so you got to give guys, you know, a breather here and there, and you know, let them let them uh, you know, adjust, get a little bit of rest. And they've got they've got guys now. Kyle Lewis on the the DL, so that would have been your your fourth outfielder. But they got plenty of guys, especially with Paven Smith back now too. Yeah, hit two doubles uh, yesterday. Well, he had a good game. day at the really, plate. He, he hit the ball hard, and he yesterday. smoked one down the left field line and one down the right field yeah, line. He good, he looked good. Rounding up some Cardinals news: the Arizona Cardinals, according to Adam Schefter, have had discussions about the number three overall pick in the draft with at least six teams. His words, not mine. Six teams. Who the six teams are, we don't know, but apparently at least six teams have called. 
called the Cardinals and inquired. Yeah, and listen, you know how this works. Sometimes you want to get that information out there. So teams that are thinking about making an offer, they panic a little bit, and then they decide to up their offer so you get a better deal. I tend to think that might be what's happening here. According to Ian Rappaport, TCU wide receiver Quinton Johnston is on a visit with the Titans now. We'll visit the Arizona Cardinals tomorrow. So we'll see what goes on with that. The Cardinals made a signing today. Former Vikings corner Chris Boyd signing on a one-year deal. Mostly a special teamers player, but he's also a very good special teamers player. Right. One of the better in the NFL, as a matter of fact. He also can be a backup corner for the Cards, but you would think he was signed here mostly to be a special teamer with the Cards. Funny story over the weekend, we learned apparently there's a group chat between John Rahm, who won the 2023 Masters, Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz, and former Cardinal J.J. Watt. That's, after, a, pretty good, that's a pretty good group that's chat a pretty good group. right there. I wonder what, they, what it's called. What's the name, What's of, that the name of that group chat? Right? We should ask one of them. Rom wins the green jacket yesterday after winning the Masters, and while he was giving his acceptance speech, he took time out to call out Zach Ertz. Getting on the golf cart to get to this putting green 10 minutes before my tee time, I saw a text from a good friend of mine, and I'm going to name him Zach Ertz. He said the text, that first green looking like a walk in the park or something like that right now, 10 minutes before I four-putted the start of the tournament. So, thank you, Zach. <laughs> Don't ever do that again, please. <laughs> Yeah, you got this. No problem. How about you go that? There you four putt the first three. That's fantastic. That was great. Around the NFL, wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Surprise, surprise. The Ravens. The Ravens. One year, $15 million deal. Not the Jets. The Jets. Are like, what happened? Aaron, we're supposed to get him. Aaron Rodgers yeah. is like, bro, I thought you and me. And he was supposed to visit with the Jets today. And the Ravens said, uh-uh, yeah. Think about happened. that wide receiver group right there. If Bateman's healthy. Yeah, and, and then they signed a Nelson Aguilar. I know Lamar's Lamar was FaceTiming with OBJ. He wanted him to get there, you know, really important. Now, I don't know if, if he's going to be there or not, but if Lamar Jackson comes back, this is the best wide receiver group that he's ever had there. Birdies and babies. That's what it's called? Birdies and babies. Because J.J. Watt sent out a screenshot of... The text that Zach Ertz sent oh, to John okay. Rom. Birdies and Babies. That's the name of the group chat. Okay, Birdies and Babies. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Birdies and Babies. That's it. All right. I saw that you asked JJ on Twitter. But I did. I'll delete it because I, I didn't know the name was out there already. <laughs> it's out Birdies there. and Babies. Birdies and Babies. Where's the babies come from? Uh, they're all having babies, I think. JJ's just had a baby. Zach Ertz, didn't they just have a baby, right? During the fall, oh, right? Okay. I don't know about it. John Rom, his wife had the, had the newborn, or I don't know if she's newborn, but had the baby out there too. So yeah, birdies and babies. I like it. That's good. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on this Monday afternoon, it was not that long ago. The Suns faced the Clippers in the NBA playoffs. That Clippers team, heck, the Suns team, quite different. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo afternoons. Arizona sports. The local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Clipper Suns. If it sounds familiar, it's because we just had it two years ago for the Western Conference Finals. And yet so much has changed since the last time these two teams played each other. 
in the Western Conference Finals. True, true. Yeah. Um, gone is Luke Kennard. Gone is Rajon Rondo. Kennard shooting that ball well for yeah, Memphis. He sure is. Gone is Pat Bev. Gone is Serge Ibaka, though he was hurt. Reggie Jackson's gone. I always like when you beat Pat Bev. That would have been fun. It would have been fun. But he's a cheap shot artist, so it's good not to have him I would, there. I'm kind of glad he's not around, to mm. be honest with you. DeMarcus Cousins is gone for the Nobody Clippers. signed him all year. No, not one team signed him. I don't believe. I, I, I think you're correct. I don't, I don't think, think. I think he want, I think he wanted to play. I don't think anybody did. Yeah, nobody um, signed him. Still Kawhi, still Batum, still Zubats, still Terrence Mann. He's around, but obviously this team, this Clippers team. Westbrook, Eric Gordon, Norman Powell, Mason Plumley, Robert Covington, Bones Highland. They're incredibly deep. They are deep. They're, they, they're very, they, very they deep. They have a good bench. Yeah, they, they do. Whereas the Suns, yeah, they've changed things up. It's almost like it's not quite like this, but it's like the Suns. Kind of, you look at their roster two years ago when these two teams met in the Western Conference Finals. Very deep, right? It was kind of what we've come to grow and love about the Phoenix Suns. Not so much anymore now. All the changes over the last two years have basically robbed them of their depth and made them incredibly top-heavy. It's a very different philosophy for the Suns going Sure, when you're spending the money they're spending on their top four players, they don't have the, the money to spend on those other guys. They can't have the bunch of guys at the mid-level exception, those $10 million players. They're very top-heavy. They got a lot of guys making a lot of money and a bunch of guys making a little bit of money, but that's how they had to do it to build a team with the four with the four big players making all that cash. Jay Crowder gone, Mikel Bridge is gone, Etwan Moore's gone, Langston Galloway, Jalen Smith, Cam Johnson, of course, Kaminsky, Dario Sharich. It's it's different. Um, but it wasn't that long ago these two teams were playing for the right to go to the NBA Finals. And I tell you, I, I two years ago in the Western Conference Finals, I think we thought that a no Kawhi Clippers series was gonna be easy, and it wasn't. And I have a feeling that this series, too, even though no Paul George, at least for the beginning, looks like it should be easy. I don't think it will be. I mean, I I, I think it's going to – I have six in my mind. I think the Clippers will win at least two because of the depth that they have. I think they can be problematic for the Suns. Yeah, that Clipper team that the Suns faced in the conference finals – they beat Dallas in a grueling seven-game series. They were actually down in the series three games to two. At Dallas, down three games to two because they lost the first two games. Then they won the next two. Then they lost game three at home. So they had to go to Dallas and win, which they did. Kawhi had 45 points in that game. And then they beat Dallas in game seven. Then they took care of the Jazz in six. What was interesting about that game, they were down 2 nothing to the Jazz. So they were down 3-2 to Dallas, came back in one. They were down 2 nothing to the Jazz, came back in one. And then they were down 2 nothing to Phoenix, and they ended up making it a 3-2 series before the Suns closed them out. So they did have this ability to lose. They, they lost the first two games in every series. Mm-hmm. And yet they won two of the series, and they still won two games against the Suns that year. They were a tough team, and they're still—I know they don't have Paul George, and they still are a tough team. I think there's nothing against Monty. I think in Ty Lue, they've got one of the best playoff coaches in the NBA. I think he's really, really good. Now, what he can do with that roster, what he can do with not having Paul George, I also think if you think back to two years ago, you mentioned him. I'll bring him up. Not having Pat Bev this time around, he was, a, I thought, a major reason why the Clippers were in that series against the Suns. 
I think it was a major reason why that series was was tied to two the way it was against the Suns because Pat Bev was really getting under their skin and yeah. was really he was that's what he, he does was imposing his will on that series as much as you hate to give him credit for that he was he was imposing his will on that series and I just don't know if the Clippers have that guy now that Pat Bev's not there. No, and I think Morris is hurt. Um, two years ago, Marcus Morris was good for them. Like, he was a good player. Cousins had a couple of good games for them. But, you know, Paul George carried them to some of those wins. And they had Reggie Jackson. He was the thorn in their side. You know, and, and we saw Reggie Jackson the other day playing for Denver. It was like we almost like he was so good in that so series against that the series. Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers ended up giving the Suns a little bit of a run for their money, made it uh, made it a decent series, and then eventually the Suns closed them out and ended up winning it. There's a great breakdown on the athletic website of this series, and I imagine we'll really start to <clears throat> excuse me peel back the layers of this one the closer we get to it. We can kind of start wherever you want to on this one because there's a lot here. Was there anything about it in particular that stood out to you? I mean, if we're not if we're not going in any order, let's start with the bench because that's one advantage that they really get that they get because they did it by advantage, advantage Clippers, advantage Suns, advantage Clippers, and it wasn't just players. It was like and just to give you an example. Clippers perimeter offense versus Suns perimeter defense. They gave the advantage to the Clippers. Clippers interior offense versus Suns interior defense. Advantage Suns. Clippers control versus Suns pressure. Advantage Clippers. And so they did it in a bunch of different ways. You know, Suns offense versus defense in a bunch of different things. Coaching, they gave the advantage to the Suns. Um, but bench, they kind of liked the, the bench uh, of of the Clippers and kind of gave them that advantage there when under special teams it says it helps that the Clippers have a better bench than the Suns. Powell could outscore an entire bench unit by himself. Mann and Mason Plumley started games this season prior to the break. Talked about Covington and Highland. So and it says Phoenix bench is somewhat more limited. Ross is streaky. It talks about Landry and he's limited and things like that. But that's one advantage they get. Now I don't believe that the bench is a is is a big a big factor here for either team in winning games? Maybe one, um, but for, it'll come down to the stars. But they do like the advantage the Clippers have on the bench. Yeah, they, they clearly do. It's this time of year. It's just hard to know how much of an advantage that's going to be. And I think you're right. I think that might be, come into play for a game, maybe two. But I don't know if it can be much more than that. I, I think a lot of it. And I'm reading one of the other sections of it right now. The Clippers perimeter op- offense versus the Suns perimeter defense. And they mention Kawhi and his 27 points per game and the fact that he's shooting 54% after the All-Star break. Obviously, who defends Kawhi at the point of attack? You would assume a Kogi, but maybe they want a little bit longer of a defender, so maybe they go Tory Craig on Kawhi Leonard because he's six foot seven. The Clippers have been shooting the three-point shot very, very well since the All-Star break, about 39% or so. I think they're the, usually not a good three-point shooting team, though, right? I don't I don't think so, but they have been since the All-Star, but they certainly weren't yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think they made five the whole game. But here's the line that really stood out to me, given everything that's gone on recently. Driving on the Suns is encouraged 
simply for the fact that only the Pistons have had a worse free throw attempt rate than Phoenix after the All-Star break. So that means Norman Powell going attacking the rim. That means Kawhi attacking the rim. And that means testing to see how overly aggressive the Suns defenders will be and if the Clippers can get to the line or not. Yeah, that's been a problem for the Suns all year long. The amount of fouls that they cause and the fact that they don't get to the line because they're more of a perimeter shooting team. Now, they've tried to work on that to get guys to go to the line a little bit more, especially Book. Um, you know, he's been trying to get to the line more, driving and things like that. But one of the problems that they got to – and they worked on that. We had campaign on the show a couple weeks ago, and he talked about we're working. We're trying to, we're trying to fix this, you know, because we foul, you know, the fouling. That's To me, that's more important. If the Suns don't go to the line as much, I'm not concerned because that's not who they are. But you can't keep fouling teams and putting them at the, them at the line. When we come back last week, accusations were made against Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell and the organization defended themselves. Well, one national writer has some thoughts on the Cardinals and those allegations. And you'll hear what he had to say next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show on this Monday, circling back to a story that was obviously a big one, big, big story last week. Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell and the organization being accused of, and again, I'm reading this right from the ESPN.com report so as not to mess anything up here, uh, quote, gross misconduct, including cheating, discrimination, and harassment in an arbitration claim filed last week by former Cardinals executive Terry McDonough to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. McDonough maintaining that both he and Steve Wilkes, the former coach of the Cardinals, were left no choice but to follow Michael Bidwell's plan to use burner phones to communicate with former Cardinals GM Steve Keim while he was serving a five-week suspension after pleading guilty to DUI. The Cardinals, of course, denied it. Uh, the Cardinals then sent out a crazy press release um, from a company where they kind of like attacked McDonough. Yeah, about, you know, his family life, domestic violence, yeah. allegations, right. or at least suggestions. It was seen by some around the industry as a highly personal attack, and yet some others said, hey, look, Terry McDonough went after the organization. What else is the organization supposed to do but defend themselves? That's kind of was the discourse that was going on last week, and with all that hanging over everybody's head, and, and presumably now the NFL's decision whether to hear this as an arbitration case or not, it it was interesting in Peter King's Football Morning in America, his weekly column about the state of the NFL. This it wasn't one of the main stories in Peter King's article, and it's usually you know a very lengthy article, but it was, certainly was mentioned in there, um, including this quote that he had from Terry McDonough, who told Peter King, "quote I am Will McDonough's son," close quote, meaning I'm going to fight this one hard the way my dad would have. Will was one of the greatest football columnists of all time in the estimation of Peter King. Didn't take guff from anyone ever. And that was exactly Terry McDonough's quote. I am Will McDonough's son, close quote. Whether that means anything or not, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's what he said. Yeah. I mean, it means he's going to fight it. I mean, he, I don't think that you would have brought this to light if you didn't have the proof. I mean, you, I mean, you got to know. I mean, people probably advising you. And you've had a lot of time to think about this. A fair question to ask is, why didn't why is McDonough bringing it up now that like I would like to know why now? Why didn't you bring it up then? That was so long ago. That was two years ago. Mm-hmm. No, even longer than that. Like, why didn't you bring it, it up? in 2018. 2018. Like, 
Why didn't you bring it up in 2018? Um, at, at that point, like, why, or, or when you got demoted the first time or the second time, like, why didn't you say, okay, listen, I'm being demoted and this is why. I got demoted. I took a big pay cut and here's why, because I kind of ratted them out on the burner phone situation. I'd like to know the timing. Like, why at this point? Is it because, and it may be very well, a fair answer maybe. I didn't want to bring it up because I thought it might blackmail me from the NFL, that I might not get another Black job. Blackball, yeah. Blackball, blackball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's. I knew what you meant. Yeah, and that's why I didn't bring it up because he felt like, okay, if I go ratting somebody out, nobody's going to hire me. Nobody's going to hire me. Mm-hmm. But now that he's gone through all of these years and nobody's hired him, he's like, Ugh. Okay, I'm not going to get hired anyway. Yeah. Or so I'm, I'm going to say something now, you know, to make up for the fact that I hadn't been hired because maybe if he had said something then, he wouldn't have been hired. It, it, I want to read a couple of things that Peter King wrote. This were these were his opinions and his thoughts and I thought it gave us something here to react to a little bit because we kind of know that at this point it's it's the allegations have been made, the Cardinals have responded to the allegations and now we'll kind of wait and see. Um Peter King writes, quote, I think if Bidwell is found to have supplied burner phones to two employees with the purpose of contacting Kime during a suspension in clear violation of league rules, Commissioner Roger Goodell would have to suspend him. Wow. See, I was just thinking, fine. You're talking about suspending the owner. That, we just had that happen with our basketball team. I mean, what state has had two owners, two owners suspended in a year like, uh, not many. I can't. Think. I have to go back. George Steinbrenner, when he got suspended, anybody else gets suspended? I mean, that would be incredible. But that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, if you did that, that's suspension. That's not just, you know, you're going to be away from the team. That's not just you'll get fined. Here's a, you know, here's a fine of $2 million. You're going to get suspended. You're not going to have anything to do with the team. Somebody else will handle the day to day operations. Yeah. I guess it just depends. And this is something. I honestly don't know the answer to this question. And maybe, and Peter King even says in his article, I'm going to spend a little more time looking into this. What I don't know the answer to, and I'm being perfectly honest, just me and you talking here. Okay. Okay. I don't know how big of a deal what the burner phones are in the NFL. Is it considered a major taboo? A minor violation? Is it a slap on the the wrist kind of thing? Right? Like, is it, did, did, by communicating with Steve Kime via burner phones, no matter who did it, whether it was organized by Michael or organized by somebody else. I think it's a big deal. On a scale of 1 to 10, in terms of egregious behavior, is it a 9? Is it an 8? Is it a it's 3? Is it a 4? I'd love to know. Somewhere 7 to 10. Where it falls. Is it really that big of a deal, do you think? I mean, I would think it is. You're, you're breaking rules. Like, he's suspended, and then you decide to concoct it up a plan to... So you suspend them because the Cardinals suspended them, right? To For the court of public opinion, we're going to suspend, but it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're able to prove that it wasn't really real, like, we're going to suspend them so we say face and we show that we're, you know, we're against DUI and we're against, like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to come down hard. But then if in the end, if you're like allowing him to make those decisions, it really was just for show. It was just for show. Well, I, 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 and, I, and again, we're, we don't know. We, so we're, this is all yeah, alleged. All we don't alleged. know. Yeah, we have but no you're idea. saying if it's true, if this happened, they suspended him, and then they came up with a plan to use burner phones, 
I mean, you're just deceiving the public. You're making them believe that you care about an issue that's very important in society, drunk driving. Right. You're making the public believe we're on top of this. We got this. We're bringing the hammer down. And in the end, you're like, screw that. We just, we'll just burn our phones. We'll, we'll be well, good. It, and it seems to be that, I mean, both sides seem to be acknowledging that burner phones were, in fact, used. It's just a question of who, who hatched the plan. Who came up with it, right? Terry McDonough is saying, is alleging that Michael Bidwell came up with the plan and that he and Steve Wilkes didn't want to go along with it. The Cardinals in their response was that once Michael found out there were burner phones, he put an end to it. Like, like it, there doesn't seem to be any debate or discussion that burner phones were used. It's just a question of who initiated. And I guess what got me thinking about it is I think back to you and I doing shows during that suspension I don't know. I don't remember what we said. I don't remember how we handled it on the air, how we talked about it. But I think at some point we would have assumed that maybe Steve Kime was being kept in the loop somehow, some way during those five weeks, much like um, and I'm not trying to compare a manager getting kicked out of a baseball game to what Steve Kime did. But when a manager gets kicked out of a baseball game, we all know he's basically managing a game from his office if he wants to. Right. Right. Like we and so I just this is different. This I, is, I, I agree. It's different. I just don't know how different. I don't know to what degree this is different. Like was well, it, it was a crime committed. Why? I, I where babe, a manager gets kicked out of a game is no crime. I, I, I'm just I, saying I, the extent I, of and I, I but I, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I, I get it. I, and I'm not talking about the crime that Steve committed. I'm talking about the suspension that the team levied on him for that crime. What was you know the crime was heinous. It's DUI. It's awful. Okay, I'm not I'm not trying to minimize that. What I'm saying is the suspension off of that crime. Was it kind of known that it was going to be overlooked? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, he's suspended. Or was he like suspended and and this is like one of those rules you don't break, right? This is something we don't do. You're suspended. You're out. We're not going to communicate with you. Because if it is the latter, if it is, to your point, a 7 to a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10, then the league is going to have to do something about it. Like, if they really treat this as, no, really, this is a serious deal. He was suspended. He was not supposed to have any contact at all with anybody, and somebody in the organization blatantly disregarded that, then the league does need to really look into it and decide what to do about it. I just don't know how serious that lack of communication was supposed to be. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I just think that... And I understand what you're saying. Like, if, like, hey, he's the freaking GM. We can't have any major decisions done without our GM. We don't trust the number two guy in charge to make decisions like that. We got to run everything through. But, again, you're deceiving the public. Mm-hmm. You're deceiving the public into making them, if this happened, believing that you're hard on, hard on that you care, that, you know, you you will not stand for this. You're putting your foot down. You're going to suspend the general manager and fine him because you don't agree – and then if you just like, hey, the whole thing is like, you're still running. It's a sham, team, right? Yeah, it's a sham. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a dog and pony show. I mean, that's what it is. And so that that's going to look really bad on the Cardinals if if that ended up being true. If it ended up being true, we've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android, and you'll never miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show is brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com and start packing. This is going to sound weird, but was it wrong for the Clippers to have won yesterday? Maybe it doesn't sound that weird, actually. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, afternoons.
Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. See what's going on with that Twitter poll question of the day. Let's go check in with Eric Ruby here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. This one was running close when we rolled it out a couple of hours ago. Good sign for a poll question. What do you got for us here? Very close one. There's been a lot of talk about the Suns core four as of late in Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Chris Paul. But if the Suns are playing their best basketball, literally hitting their ceiling as a team, who is their third best player? Is it DeAndre Ayton? No. Or is it Chris Paul? Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul. Yeah. It's it's I've come around on this one. Can a I get some bit reasoning from weeks. you guys? Um, just because I I think he has the ball in his hands all the time. There's that. It's the three point shooting. It's it's just the fact that it's it's so much more a perimeter game. You know that 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 I feel like the Suns, even when they're at their best, DeAndre Ayton is. How do I put this? It's it's like they've won games without him, you know, and I know they've won games without Chris too. But I, I just think that it's it's sur- more survivable when DeAndre Ayton's just okay than it is when Chris is just okay. That's that's the main reason for me. Yeah, this one very close, only separated by less than three percent. But leading the way is Chris Paul at fifty one point six, DeAndre at forty eight point four. All right, that close. Is, that is close. Yeah, very very close. Uh, good poll question. You can find. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate it. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word is where it's at. Though I, I am, I'm anxious to see all of them. I'm anxious to see. Like these games, when they matter, how DeAndre Ayton is deployed, how he's used, what he does defensively. Because I do think defensively, DeAndre Ayton plays a role that goes beyond how many points he scores and what he does on a pick and roll. Like defensively, especially with no Mikel, he is the anchor of their coverage down low. Yes. And that's important. Very, yeah. very important. And the two-man game will be between both of them. Like if KD and... Booker getting the majority of the attention defensively. The two-man game between those two guys can work really no well. No doubt about it. So yesterday, um, the Suns, it was a weird weekend, and it was a weird day yesterday in the NBA, given that the Clippers, and thank goodness, honestly, thank goodness the NBA scheduled it so that all these games were tipped off at the same time, and that nobody had the advantage of knowing what point. somebody else did. That's right? a good point. Thank goodness, because th- that at least comp- kept the competitive integrity alive of the situation. Because I tell you this, had the Clippers known even halfway through that fourth quarter that the Pelicans had lost, there's no doubt in my mind they pull everybody at that point. They sit Kawhi. They say they know they're not going to play in the play-in. They know they, they, they've avoided the play-in. They're going to get plenty of rest this week. Let's go get that sixth seed. Let's Let's go play the Sacramento Kings in the first round. Let's leave the Warriors to play the Suns in the first round. There's no doubt in my mind that they would have done that. But because they didn't know what was going on with the Pelicans and the Timberwolves, because they knew. I mean, they were getting updates throughout the game. But because it wasn't a final, they knew they had to keep playing because they didn't want to be the seventh seed. They wanted to avoid the play-in tournament. So I, I know they do this every year, but major kudos to the NBA for making sure that everybody for the competitive integrity tipped off at the same time because that mattered yesterday. And it came down to a tiebreaker because yes. them and the Warriors finished with the exact same record, but the Clippers had the tiebreaker. The Warriors had won. They were they were they you knew they were because they were up by like thirty. 
three in the game. Yeah, look, I, I agree with something you said. Like Golden State, they didn't like they don't care. They're not looking at oh, man. You got to go through us. We don't have to go through you. We're the defending champs. We've got four rings. The three of us, the main three guys. We got it. We got the team to beat. Clay Thompson even said it. I don't see anybody can beat us in the seven game series if we're healthy. So the Warriors, they were they they were they're playing for the for the best seeding. They're playing to, to to have the five days off. They don't care if they play the Suns. The Clippers probably probably would have rested their guys, knowing that they weren't going to be in the play in game and let the chips fall where, where they may. If they win, they win. If they don't, they don't. And because everybody would have rather played Sacramento than the Suns, of course. Except for Golden State, they don't really care. Now, even like to the to a man, they might say I'd rather play Golden State, but they weren't going to lose a game on purpose to not have to play Phoenix. They just they're not wired that way. Yeah, no, they're not. And look, you and I both agreed. If it was gonna be the Warriors, fine. Bring on the Warriors. Let's go. Sure. I'd rather it not be. You know, I'd, I'd rather that that's a it's a hell of a test right out of the shoot. Now, in some ways, we've argued and it could be argued that you'd rather get the Warriors early because of them trying to reincorporate Andrew Wiggins. Yes. And, you know, you want to get the Suns early because of them trying to continue to work on Kevin Durant and all that stuff. So maybe the argument is there to be made that if you're going to play the Suns or the Warriors, you want to do it earlier rather than later to see what's going to happen. I just... More than anything, I didn't want the Warriors in the first round because I think the Warriors are very dangerous. And number two, let's be honest, that just feels like a series more befitting of later in the postseason. Like that. Well, that, you also don't want a seven game series in the first round. That too. Because you I don't think want it a seven game. Seven. Yeah. You want to get rid of the opponent in four or five or like even six, but you don't want seven games. And oh, by the way, turn around, you're playing in two more days. Like you don't want that. You know, you want. You want rest in between these. You got, look, the, the Suns have two older players. So you want rest. You want as much rest as you can in between the series. So I've always been told by many an NBA guy that the minutes don't matter as much. So if Durant's playing 40 minutes a game, 43, 45 minutes, that doesn't matter as much as can you get him five days off? Yeah. Because that's that that's when he'll recover. Yeah, he's not. He if he plays thirty five or forty five minutes on Monday, it's not going to matter if they have to play again on Wednesday. Doesn't matter. What matters is if you got two days off or four days off yeah. before the second second round. That's what made yesterday so weird. So book Durant, Aiton, Paul out. Biombo didn't play because he banged knees with AD on Friday night. Campaign didn't play because of that tailbone injury he had from Friday night. TJ Warren didn't play because of a non-COVID illness. Torrey Craig didn't play in the second half. Landry Shamit played a shift in the second half of that game yesterday. It was the Saban Lee show. It was. Saban Lee, 44 minutes, a career-high 25 points, 9 assists. He, he was Terry's okay. The stat, the stat about Saban Lee was that he had played a total. I got this from Dwayne Rankin on AZ Central. Saban Lee had played a total of thirty-five minutes the last two months. He played forty-four minutes yesterday. We should go look at all the guys that with teams that sat like like that guy from Memphis who hadn't done a damn thing all year went for forty forty something points. Sure, right? There were guys like that. And see, we we only think it like for the Suns, like it would only happen to them. It happened all across the league yesterday. Yeah, right. There are a whole bunch all of these teams. players that nobody's ever heard. We've had great games. We're just not paying that much attention to that. Mikel Bridges. I, and I wasn't even aware until Eric put it, or Mitch, whoever did, put it in the 4 o'clock reset, that Mikel Bridges checked in and checked out just to keep his streak alive. I didn't know that. I just assumed he played because he's Mikel. He played, what, a minute? 
yesterday? What His he... box score literally has zero in the minutes category. So like he, so he played. He checked. So it was enough to keep the streak alive. Yes, but he didn't even register a minute in yesterday's no. game because he checked out. So it was quite literally four <laughs> seconds. I think somebody fouled another player and they checked him out. That's hilarious. That counts. That counts. That's yeah, I guess it does. That's hilarious. So what the Suns did yesterday. Wasn't all that unusual, but they played the same five guys in the fourth quarter. The only reason they made a rotation, a substitution, was because Ish got hit in the face and Josh right. Kogi had to come back in. Right. Darius Baisley, there's same thing with Darius Baisley. He played 27 minutes yesterday. He had played a total of 34 minutes in the last 26 games. And twice, so he got the same amount of action in one game as he did in. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's what happens. But, I mean, uh, you're, but, you're, you're resting guys because you know, you. The worst thing that could happen to you is you suffer a freaking injury on a lat. Like, okay, this, the Timberwolves guy broke his hand, McDaniels. That wasn't an injury, but like, if a guy gets injured on the court in a game that doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. like, you can't live with that as a coach. No, that's that's a disaster. No, I have no, I have no qualms with how the Suns handle their business this weekend. None at all. It's fine. I got no problems with it because it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Was there an NFL player that got hurt the last game before the playoffs this year? Um, oh. I'm sure there. What sounds familiar? Uh, but I can't yeah, remember who it was. Yeah, sounds familiar, right? It sounds familiar, but I can't remember who it was. Who got hurt like the last weekend of the regular season? Yeah, I thought it, I thought that happened this year. Yeah, sounds familiar, but I can't remember. I can't remember. Okay, who yeah, I can't remember. They'll probably come to us. Somebody will. Somebody will tweet us. Maybe we'll know when we come back. Is this the best chance that Chris Paul has ever had at winning the ring? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.